Welcome to Theology Thursday, an ecumenical space for students to discuss matters of faith and theology. I'm your host, Connor Grubbs. I am your co-host, Ryan Mock. And I'm your co-co-host, Johnny Grubbs. Well, here we are. It's been a while since we've done one on Zoom, but uh, illness has struck the Grubbs home, not the Johnny Grubbs home, but the Connor Grubbs home. And so uh, I'm going to play it safe this week, but we're here. Yay. We're supposed to have uh, a special guest this week, um, but uh, under the circumstances, we're going to have to hold off on that. And, uh, and you'll see, we picked a topic that's very close to Johnny's heart uh and it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great day also apparently a very stormy day how does it feel to be in the studio by yourself johnny lonely out here and just having the microphone pointed at you for fun since it's not actually capturing your audio this week (laughs) yeah i just had to have that feeling you know uh well yeah it's stormy out here too a lot of wind oh that thunder is loud yeah Ooh, I heard that thunder through the microphone. Through, through the microphone? Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It's a little, it's a little thundery out here. A little thundery. Thankfully, I got my hotspot because the Wi-Fi was being weird. So, like, and I've got plenty of battery on my laptop. So, I don't know how your guys' setup is. But, like, I'll still be, I'll be, like, the last man standing if the power goes out. <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident. I mean, my uh, my battery's already at 100%, but I'm plugged in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's going to be great. It's not my favorite way to do it, but I'm glad that we have this technology. So uh, look, today's uh, a very rare, uh, rare chance that we get where the sub point actually ties directly into our main topic for the for the day uh johnny you you wanted to talk about a tweet that you saw uh for our sub point this week uh but i thought before you before you read the tweet we should give some background for anybody watching who may or or listening who may not know who gungor is ryan are you familiar with gungor michael oh yeah i i listened to their song uh you make beautiful things. Right, that's make beautiful. That's their, you know, you don't have to sing the whole thing. That's their that's their most popular one. I think most people know know that one. And that's the one that's probably most used in like church. Some of their other music is a little more fringe, a little uh, out there maybe. But uh, I guess you could say like an indie used to be Christian worship band. Now, I don't necessarily fall in that category. Um, they both left the church and, and had some pretty public interview. Him and his wife, that is, uh, had some pretty public interviews about it. And then they started a podcast called, I believe it's called The Liturgist. Um, and they basically just talk about their newfound spirituality that they found outside of the evangelical church, uh, which is very um, vague and ambiguous. 
And believe it or not, that drives me crazy when people go, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I just, I hate that. So let's, anyway. let's, let's sum it up. He sums it up in this tweet. Okay, I, I'll, I'm going to read a tweet. One other thing I would say about Gungor through the years is he's always, even in the early days when he was producing a couple of songs that made it into the mainstream, he's always liked to be provocative, okay? You know, he's got a song about how God loves everyone. And he, like, at one point, he, he says he even, not, not that he loves, like he's saying that like, God loves gay people, God loves, and it's all true, God loves everyone. Um, I believe that. But then he goes, um, even old Pat Robertson, as if it's harder to love Pat Robertson than some of the other people you mentioned who were like really, like some more really bad people. So uh, it's just interesting. Pat Robertson is the, the 700 Club guy. And he's a little weird sometimes, but it also speaks the truth sometimes. Um, so it's just kind of weird that, you know, he's decide, he's like the arbiter of, you know, who's good and who's not. And, yeah, and so, obviously he has something against Pat Robertson. <laughs> I guess so. So, um, so anyway, I've got this, uh, this here a tweet and I just got to say, I, um, you know, it's the running joke that I'm the, you know, the, the podcast heretic. And I think that's because I do allow for and believe in a little bit of mysticism in the Christian faith. Um, but I do have a line and, uh, Gungor more than crossed it with this tweet. He says, Jesus was Christ. And I'm like, great, that's great. But then he keeps going and he says, Buddha was Christ. Muhammad was Christ. Christ is a word for the universe seeing itself. You are Christ. We are the body of Christ. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> really, really dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb for, for, for a number of reasons. And I actually... I mean, now that it really matters, I responded to something I've quoted on the show before. My favorite Christian mystic being, um, I, mean, I use the term mystic loosely, but George MacDonald, you know, he, he allowed for mystery in his faith, but he also believed that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody came to the Father except through him, and that we, we, we were required to believe in Christ's atoning work on the cross in order to, to be saved and to, to have an inheritance in him. So he believed these traditional things. Um, he also had some more fringe but still with technically within orthodoxy uh views but he used to say as much as he would wonder he used to say we must not wonder things into non-entity and so i quoted george mcdonald in response to um to his tweet because that's what he did and that's what i hate about it is it's it's not even a helpful false i mean if it's, if it's false it's not helpful anyway but like it's just it doesn't even mean anything right I mean, it's just, it makes no sense. It literally is just nonsensical because what, what at this point does the word Christ mean to you? You've redefined it altogether. And, um, and he doesn't even say it like right there in the middle. And Buddha was just a dude too, that made some weird decisions in his life. But like, he didn't even say like Allah is Christ. He says Muhammad was, and I'm like, this dude, like, molested small girls like like and you're comparing them to christ like what's what's going on here the other side too is that i'm sure buddhists and muslims would not appreciate this statement either 
And so right. he's making everybody not happy. There's actually right. there's actually an, an irony that I that I caught in like a lot of the comments is like a lot of liberals were accusing Gungor here of imposing uh, Western liberal ideals on other religions, like a kind of colonialism, religious colonialism, which is very ironic. Very yeah. ironic. Right, because he wasn't pleasing anybody, because now you're just right. forcing, you know, what they're considering to be a white European understanding of Christ onto uh, their religious beliefs. But also at that point, you know, to, to compare Muhammad, you're not, not saying that Christ is a person. It's just some sort of ambiguous spiritual force that runs through everything, which is baseless. There's no, nobody's ever defined Christ that way. Well, this one friar did, and I, he perturbs me greatly. Richard Rohr. Well, and I was going to, because people brought up Richard Rohr's book, The Universal Christ, uh in the comments and and, and my, actually gun gore brought it up too well yeah and he responded every time somebody he's like exactly this is this is what i'm talking about um and so i'm not saying that michael gun is the first to come up with this but i am saying the idea is not based in any sort of sacred religious text or tradition it's just weird <laughs> almost lost power there for a second John, are you still with us? Uh-oh. Ryan, I think we lost him. Uh, he's frozen. He froze. Bro. Johnny, can you hear us? I'm, I'm, I can hear you. I had a problem here. It's kind of weird. Are you, are you okay? I think he got struck by lightning. I think I think we're gonna have to uh, I think we're gonna have to restart the thing. Remember when Johnny said he was gonna be the last one standing? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send another link. I'm gonna stop this and send another link. Remember, remember when Johnny said he was gonna be the last one standing? But let me explain how weird this is, because the reason I said that, and I talked about game, and of course it didn't happen, but I'm on my hotspot, right? And, and because it, the Wi-Fi is being wonky here, so I'm on my hotspot, I'm not plugged in anything, but the power flickers, and it goes, your connection is unstable, and I'm like, affected by what? I don't know. I heard a big, I heard a big boom, and then you were frozen. Ryan and I were still here, so... Uh, yeah, it's weird. I was concerned. I thought you had been frozen in time. Like, we we're oh. going to come find you, and you're going to still be in that position. Like, oh, well, shoot. Here's the thing. Uh, we had just brought up Richard Rohr. You're going to say something about the disturbing Friar. The thing is, um, you know, it, it's like Lewis talks about at the beginning of Mere Christianity. It's like, by saying that Christianity is, is solely true in the sense that you know, Jesus' claims are, are that, that he is the only way, right? Um, by saying that, we're not saying that every element of every other religion is completely untrue. In other words, you can find 
nuggets of truth that can be traced back to the Bible, traced back to the teachings of Christ in a lot of different places. I say all that to say some of what Richard Rohr says could potentially be helpful, but his book, Universal Christ, and the way that it's been explained, it doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing as this tweet. It's just like, you know, maybe Christ rose from the dead. Maybe Christ rising from the dead was metaphorical for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the, you know, the energy of Christ resonating through the universe until all is made new type of thing, you know, and uh, it's just weird. A lot of weirdness going on. A lot of weirdness going on. And also, like, all of these religions, you know, they acknowledge Jesus. Maybe not as the Christ, but Buddhist and, and Muslims, like, they have a place for Jesus within their teaching. And uh, and they're certainly not claiming that Muhammad or Buddha is the Christ. It's not the titles they use. So, it's yeah, it's just a load of nonsense. Uh, we can go on about this, but the reality, the other thing that, that got me is Christ is a very specific term. Like it already is defined um, <laughs> by the Bible and the biblical writers. So for you to say Christ is a word for the universe seeing itself. No, it, 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 it's, it's Messiah. It, like it, like they, it's the no, savior. No. It's, it's the promised. Uh, and that's religion. what I was saying at the like, beginning is you're just completely redefining it. And there's basically. With no, yeah, exactly. There's no basis. It's just like, I don't care what this means. I'm just going to say whatever I want about it. If I said, you know, pickles were like Rick's, <laughs> Rick's or French fries or something, you know, like I just like, it's just weird. Uh, that's how nonsensical that is. It's very nonsensical. Speaking of nonsense, uh, you know, some might even call it heresy. Let's uh, talk about heresy. Well, this is. This is a topic that Johnny's very passionate about, uh, very near and dear to his heart, um, because it's what he it's what he teaches, it's what he believes. Uh, you know, we, we we tease about Johnny being a heretic on the show all the time, uh, but the truth is, uh, heretic that that gets thrown around pretty lightly. Uh, there's a lot of just a lot of times where you'll see people maybe discussing online or whatnot, um, and perhaps they disagree on a certain theological point, and they immediately jump to, "Well, that's heresy. You're a heretic." And uh, I see it used so lightly um, and so flippantly that I thought, you know, it might be a good thing to discuss what what actually is heresy. Right, we've talked about some of the essential doctrines before, and uh, you know, being within the realms of orthodoxy and there being room within that. Um, but I want—we're going to talk specifically about heresy today. Do we want—we want a formal definition here? I think that would be good to start us off. And one thing I'll say before we uh, we dive into it. Um, this would be a great day because by the time we're done defining heresy, I will clear my name that I have never uttered heresy on this show before. All right, let's go. What's the formal definition of heresy? Okay, this is from the, the New Dictionary of Theology. 
Heresy connotes doctrinal deviation from the fundamental truths taught by scriptures and the Orthodox Christian Church and active propagation of the same. So there's some key uh, terms in this definition. It says that heresy is doctrinal deviation from fundamental truths. So when we talk about fundamental truths, we're talking about the the core oh no what doctrines make up the core of our faith because surely we believe as Christians, we believe all sorts of doctrines, but there seems to be a hierarchy of doctrines that are like, these doctrines are the most important doctrines, and heresy would be a deviation from those. So to define that, I typically look to like the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed uh, as kind of a framework for if we believe these things, then we, you know, probably have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, regardless of whatever happens outside of that. And so just to give you a quick framework of that, it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So, yeah, there, there, are, there are several big truths in that statement. We, we hear that that creed is Trinitarian. We see right. God the Father, uh, and then Jesus Christ, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see all three persons of the Trinity represented there. And we see truth claims about uh, those three. Uh, we see the creed talks about Jesus, how uh, he, uh, he was uh, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, and he suffered under Pontius Pilate as, to, as if to say Jesus was an actual real person. He existed in time. He existed in history. And he suffered for us. He, he was crucified. He was, died and he was buried. So he actually died. Uh, he and then he rose again from the dead. So we affirm the resurrection, and then one day he is going to come back. And we also believe we believe the Holy Spirit, um, the communion of the saints. That actually we're all part of a, a global community. Uh, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, what is it? I believe in the Holy Spirit. The 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 communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. You know, we believe we have a future hope. Like th those right there are like the things that are the foundation of our faith. We believe all sorts of different things about baptism and the Lord's Supper and about uh, what are what are the like what are the mechanics by which God saves a person. Uh, but if we went down to the core of the faith, we could look at the Apostles' Creed. And I would say the Nicene Creed as well and say those are the essential doctrines. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's the key right there. As you see there, there's like 
there's no outline for like how to do communion for example there's no outline for how to do baptism there's no mention of sexual ethics or uh, if women can lead in the church or um, how and, heaven and, and here's a crazy works. thing Here, here's a crazy thing also neither in the apostles creed or the nicene creed do we see anything about penal substitutionary atonement exactly and which I think that for many people this is this is scary for a lot of people and this was a hard pill to swallow for me at, at first but uh you could disagree with the idea of penal substitutionary atonement and still be a christian i think yeah i'm i'm here on that camp so and a lot of people will look at you and if you deny penal substitutionary atonement then you're a heretic it's not in the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed or the Athanasian Creed. or Well, and I think some people might add, well, you know, it's a man-made creed. That's not, you know, but the, the reason that these creeds work is because they stick to clear truths that we see in Scripture. Um, so, yes, maybe they're man-made creeds, but they're summaries of truth that is already there. Um, yeah. And they're just really well-done summaries. Uh and um they we've talked about the creeds before on the show but um these were people who who came together who had differing beliefs on certain things um but wanted to clearly define what it meant to be a christ follower uh, and here's and here's the reason why they were trying to clearly define this the reason why they were they were creating this creed was actually in response to heresy. This this is something that the early church fathers were fighting uh, at the, since the very beginning. Is there was people who were saying crazy things about the faith. Uh, we hear we learn about Gnosticism, and uh, and particularly in Gnosticism, this uh, I think it's called Mar Marcionism. Marcionism teaches that. Um, let me just make sure I got the word right. Yeah, Marcionism. Marcionism teaches that uh, that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are two different gods. But actually, the God of the Old Testament was the God who created the universe. But that God was, well, he was separated from humanity, and really he was he was an evil God. Uh, and then the God of the New Testament was a God that was sent by the ultra-supreme God who rules everything uh, in order to reverse the effects of the evil God in the Old Testament. That's not, that's Marcionism that was was being uh, that was being propagated in the early church uh, that that the early church fathers were fighting against. So that's why these creeds were so necessary is to fight against. Or right, right. Y'all there? Oh, are you, are you losing him too? Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. He's breaking up greatly. Yeah, so Ryan believes Marcionism, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah let me see if i can get closer to the to the, the wi-fi here uh, this is 
is going to be the best episode we've ever released. <laughs> oh, you're going to keep this part in? <laughs> of course. Oh, it's worse. Oh, wait, maybe not. Say something, Ryan. I, I'm here. Okay, so as Ryan was saying, he likes things like Marcionism and other types of heresy. Um, I was sorry, that's what I got. Are you kind of breaking up there a little bit? <laughs> Am I, do you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, Ryan believes that the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament were two different people. Which is news to me, just now hearing this. Am I, am I, if I stopped being laggy? Yeah. You haven't stopped being correct. Okay, so yeah, Mar Marcionism, wait, wh when did I start being laggy? When, or when did you... Yeah, when, right when you start right talking as you again. Said, right as you said, I, Ryan Mock, declare that Marcionism is truth. Right after that, you started being a little bit laggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I was saying was Marcionism teaches that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, they're different gods. Um, and that the God of the New Testament, which was Jesus, was sent to fight, basically fight to reverse the effects of the uh, the God of the Old Testament. And that's that's an example of a um, of a heresy that the early church fathers were fighting against. What other kind of heresies? So yeah, did did they have? Well, there's also uh, modalism. Modalism uh, taught that, or actually, modalism still exists today. Yeah, I was going to say this um, one's, This one's still actually bigger than you think so yeah it's similar so, yeah so modalism teaches that uh god actually uh, very simply put god takes different forms and when we see what we see in the bible is that in the old testament there's god the father and then in the new testament god he takes off the the father mask and he puts on the Jesus mask. So he, so God stops being the father and then he starts to be the son. So he changes his mode. And then when Jesus ascends into heaven, uh, uh, he, God takes off the, the, the son mask and puts on the Holy spirit mask. And so God is not in modalism. God is not three persons in one essence, uh, co existing co-eternally. Uh, but rather he's one person who changes masks. And that heresy exists today in the, um, in, for example, the United Pentecostal Church, uh, the UP, the U, UPC, I think it is. Um, not, not Pentecostal churches, but the specific Pentecostal denomination called the United Pentecostal Church. Yes. So there you go. Yes. There's lots of different heresies, and the creeds could kind of help us avoid those. But what I think is 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 key about um, you know understanding heresy is that there is a, a lot of room to explore many issues that we face today, and still believe everything within these creeds. And whether you're wrong or right about those other issues, you could still be within what would be considered orthodoxy. Um, 
and and people have talked about like a more generous orthodoxy where all these things exist and we are more charitable towards those that disagree with us on certain things and um it's kind of where i'm at i believe these things laid out for us but then you know um it's just interesting though like when we talk about like we've been talking about or you know even off the podcast and on the podcast a little bit about like issues of like women leadership and uh people say well that's that's heresy no, it's not. <laughs> right <laughs> you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that people prop up as essentials uh that like are important and we're not saying they're not important when we say you know uh essentials when we say essentials we're talking about like saving saving faith doctrines like this is what it means to be a christian the kind of things you see laid out in the creeds but where you stand on like end times or women in ministry or all these different things it's just not uh those aren't gonna save you or not you know and people treat it like yeah that. yeah when we look at like these early heresies like the common denominators that these heresies attacked the nature and character of god um so these heresies didn't have to do with you know what color the carpet should be at our churches or or like women's ordination or whatever but these are actually heresies that attack who god is and that's that's what it seems like the early church was defending is who god is is the most important thing to us and i find that's so powerful to me because these people lived in a time where they pooped in the streets you know this was a time where they were they they were constantly at war for whatever reason uh and they didn't have indoor plumbing and they died of diarrhea you know but to them the most important thing to fight over uh not physically uh but uh the thing to stand for they had something to stand for and that's who god is you know despite all these things in life this is what we're going to stand for when it when it would seem they have bigger fish to fry like this diarrhea is going to kill me <laughs> yeah no, it is, it is powerful to see like they wanted to be united in Christ. And I think that that's the irony of fighting about things that are heresy that are not actually heresy is the whole point of this is like, okay, regardless of what you believe about this or believe about that, we are united around this idea that Christ is God and God is Christ and that we have a Trinitarian God who, who loves us and who made a way for us to, to have hope for a future, you know? And that's really the ultimate idea that's contained within in that creed. And so if we believe that, then, you know, there's a lot of room. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't take stances. I have an understanding of interpretation of scripture towards women. Um, I currently hold a what we consider a traditional sexual ethic. But I also say there's nothing in the creed that says you have to have a certain sexual orientation to believe these things, right? Um, again, still hold the traditional sexual ethic. I believe that, you know, but at the same time, it's not essential to saving faith to be of a certain orientation, for example, or to have a certain view on women, for example. So um, I think it's important to to note those things that oftentimes I, I think we're fighting about things as essential that are not essential. Right. Well, and I mean, that ties back to what we talked about a, f a few weeks ago uh with 
uh, I forget which denomination it was, but they were basically ruling that uh, someone who, you know, identifies as same-sex attracted, but is not, you know, is choosing to, to live a life of celibacy uh, because they believe in a traditional sexual ethic, nonetheless, like they wouldn't ordain uh, those. And it's like, that's treating something, I mean, that's like yeah. totally legalism. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're absolutely. I, I I couldn't believe that. You know, um, I, especially when you think of some rural churches have hired sex offenders. You know, we find out later on, and you know, this dude is being held in accountability to be chased and to, you know, it's just it's incredible to me that we're not you know throwing a parade for these people that are declaring um, that they believe a certain way about scripture so strongly. Uh, that they're willing to, you know, give up, you know, a, a relationship and uh, a romantic relationship. They're willing to give up sex for the rest of their life in order to pursue Christian ministry and the gospel. The response to shut them down, to me, is just unthinkable. But anyway, that's a whole, whole yeah, other can of worms. It <laughs> is. It's just it's something that people, you know, hold as as this box that you got to check to be a true Christian. And uh right. It's really interesting. And, you know, another heresy is believing that the earth is round. So um, we're going to get to talk about that soon. Uh, that's been fascinating to me, uh, is seeing that, you know, certain people that think, you know, those of us, those Christians who do not believe the earth is flat are actually heretics. But, uh, you know, now we have a good definition of heresy. Uh, so we can keep a closer eye on Johnny so we can, we can catch him with his hand in the, the heretical cookie jar. <laughs> Any closing <laughs> thoughts on heresy? I would say... I, I do. If Johnny, yeah, Johnny, go ahead. You first. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I would say, um, you know, just weigh heavily what you would believe is essential and, and not essential. And if you're arguing for something the way that these people were arguing for these things, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, God is one, the Father Almighty, all, all this stuff that's contained in this creed. If you're fighting as seriously for other things besides this, you need to kind of weigh how much you value that particular doctrine. Because we have a variety of doctrinal beliefs across the spectrum. And it's okay for us to have those. I think that I, I personally, I think denominations are a way of creating some sense of, of unity. I, and I, I actually get to see that modeled in the uniqueness of my church where people are coming and take, taking the Lord's supper with different views of how it, how they receive it and how, and what it is, you know? Um, and people who, uh, we have Methodists and Presbyterians, people who identify as certain denominations to worship at our church um, as those, you know, denominations. But we all believe these essential things. And, and um, I think that that's the kind of unity that we need to be pursuing in our day-to-day -day life with Christians in and outside the church. Um, other doctrinal things are simply not essential. Um, so... Nice. Um, my uh, my closing thoughts are: Am I laggy right now? No, you're, you're good. 
Okay, beautiful. My closing thoughts are, um, if you if you are confronted with something that is new, then you need to approach it with caution, you know, because there's nothing really new under the sun. And if there's something that is new, it's it's highly probable that it was already dealt with in the early church. So we have a rich a rich tradition, 2,000 years of church history that uh, that lead up to this moment. We don't we don't live we don't live in a vacuum. Our theology did not develop in a vacuum, and to me, that's why church study in church history is so important. Is so that we're not <laughs> in, a very, in a very cheesy way, you know, history repeats itself. Um, but there is truth to that, you know. And on the other hand, I think you'll find in studying church history that a lot of things that you've been told are age-old traditions of the church are actually very recent. I was going to say that. That's true. Certain doctrines you've been told to avoid are actually been around for a long time, for as long as Christianity has been. Yep. Church history matters. (laughs) No, that's, that's huge. Church history really does matter. All right. Well, uh, hopefully next week we can we can jump on that flat Earth train and just have the time of our lives. Yeah, flat Earth—the only way to believe the Bible. Be good. To hopefully, be be back back together in person. So, until then. Yeah. Yeah.